0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Ninety Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing the reports linking Arsenal with a move for Real Madrid's Isco. We're going to be touching on the Karen Carney debate and we're going to be discussing whether or not football should take a bit of a breather. COVID cases here in the UK are on the rise. We've seen a second game this week postponed uh, due to uh, an outbreak within a certain team within a certain club and so we're going to be having that debate and that discussion right here live with you guys' thoughts in the live chat And we're going to be uh, trying to make sense of it all. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel. We're around about 300 subscribers away from hitting the 11,000 marker. Uh, So it'll be great to, to hit that sooner rather than later. So subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And in subscribing, you will never miss a broadcast because you'll get a notification every time we go live, post a new video or schedule something. So uh, do get involved. Hit the like button on the video, too. It is um, it is very, very helpful. Um, Let's see uh, where we're going to begin. Let's kick off with the Isco talk, I think. I think that's probably the biggest story here. Uh, first of all, though, let me just say a quick hello to everybody who's uh, in the live chat at the moment, to Bad Boy, to the Norwegian Gunnar, who wants to wish everybody a happy new year, uh, to Graham who says, bloody hell, oh, Harry, I'm getting tired just trying to keep up with listening to you. Great job, mate. Thank you so much. I did say that in leaving my previous role um, that I would focus more um on this channel and that i would be putting more time and more effort into this channel and as promised throughout uh the next month or so you will be getting two live streams a day they're also um available on podcast format as well so hopefully uh that covers everybody else um that uh that prefers to listen via that method too right let's uh, get into the um To the ISCO talk. Now, of course, reports have been doing the rounds uh, over the last sort of 24 hours or so, suggesting that Mikel Arteta is interested in Real Madrid's ISCO. The Gunners are said to be considering bringing the player to the Emirates Stadium for the remainder of the campaign. On loan, of course, Isco, 28 years old, out of favor currently at Real Madrid, has only uh, started in 20% of Real Madrid's La Liga fixtures this season. Um, So there is clear signs there that, at least in the eyes of Zinedine Zidane, uh, Isco is not a priority. Isco is not someone he sees as a first team player. Uh, In those 10 appearances that he's made in La Liga this season, he has contributed. One assist so far, um, and that assist came in the match between Real Madrid and Granada, which was their last game just before Christmas, a couple of days uh, before Christmas, that one. Uh, Overall, Isco, though, uh, is a very experienced Spanish international. He's got 38 caps to his name. He's contributed 12 goals in that time. Uh, So Isco is somebody who's got plenty of experience at 28 years old. He's no... um, He's no kid. He's not um, somebody that you'd be taking a bit of a gamble on. He is somebody that you would ex- know exactly what you're getting from uh, because he's been around for such a while. Uh, made his name with Malaga. Uh, did Isco. Uh, joined Real Madrid from Malaga in July 2013 in a deal reportedly worth £27 million. Malaga, of course, if, if you cast your mind back a few years, they had a really good team at one point and they had some really big investment. Uh, didn't work out great in the end for Malaga. They ended up in a bit of a mess uh, financially. But if you cast your mind back, there was a lot of really talented players at the club at the time. Santi Cazorla uh, was one of them. Uh, Nacho Monreal was there at the time as well. He eventually obviously joined Arsenal. But Malaga had some really promising talents at the p- at that period. Isco was one of those. And Isco, uh, like many players do in Spain, eventually, uh, with some hard work and some really good performances, earned his, na- earned his move Sorry, uh, to Real Madrid. As I've said, he's out of favour um, at the Bernabeu at the moment, but that doesn't mean he's not good enough for the Arsenal. And that's the important thing, I think, to remember here. You know, often a little bit of snobbery comes into it. Um, You know, you get fans who say, well, he's not playing for Real Madrid. How could he be good enough to play for the Arsenal? Arsenal are in desperate need of some creative influence. I I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, On the last podcast, we were waxing lyrical about Emil Smith-Rowe and the impact he's had in the last couple of games. But you can't deny the fact that probably at this point in his career, putting all that creative pressure on Emile Smith-Rowe, it's not helpful to him. It may hinder his development. And we know that Emil Smith-Rowe has had issues when it comes to injuries and various other things over the years. I don't think it would be right or fair on the player necessarily for Arsenal to pin all of that creative responsibility on somebody like uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. Hence, why Isco feels like a decent option. If he is available on loan for six months, which is what the talk is suggesting, um, then I don't think that would be the worst deal in the world. The talk also suggests that Mikel Arteta has decided now that he is keen on Isco. Um, it's something that was talked about during the summer window if you cast your minds back, um, when Arsenal were linked with a number of midfield players. Hussein was one that there was heavy, heavy links with. Uh, but Isco is said to be someone... That Arsenal have been looking at previously but now Mikel Arteta has taken a view on the Spaniard that he is someone who can come in and bring something to the club we know there will be financial constraints in January we know that January notoriously pandemic aside is always difficult to do significant business in or is more significant uh, more difficult sorry than the summer window and so we have to take all of that into account also have to take into account that um, Arsenal didn't manage to get rid of a lot of the deadwood that they were hoping to move on uh, last summer and they're still stuck with a few of them. I think there will be some departures in January. I've got to be honest. Whether that opens the door for Isco or not, uh, I'm not entirely sure. But really talented footballer, um, low centre of gravity, really uh, comfortable on the ball. Um, you know, a, a really decent player who's who's been... Pretty good for Real Madrid, I would say, over the years. Obviously, he's fallen out of favour now and, you know, that's obviously uh, not helped. You know, 318 appearances he's made for the club in total, 51 goals, 55 assists. Um, So that's a pretty decent record for a midfielder. That's a a goal contribution, one in every three approximately, which isn't bad at all. Um, also he's won four UEFA Champions League. So I think Arsenal could do a lot worse, um, than go out and get Isco. So I- I'm actually okay with it. Um, I think we all recognize that anything we do in January will probably just be a bit of a stop gap. Um, just someone to come in and, and, and fulfill the role for the time being, um, so, yeah, I'm not dead against this one. I've got to be honest. I, I would be up for it if the terms were right. If Real Madrid were uh, sort of open to letting him leave on loan for six months, I don't see what harm it would do. Let me know you guys' thoughts in the live comments section. Let's see what you guys are saying on the subject of ISCO. Uh, we'll take some of your com- comments now. Uh, bear with me. Just uh, I need to get this out. Sorry. <coughs> Apologies. Um, apologies. Uh, let's see what we've got here in terms of you guys' comments. Callum Ferguson says, the guy has class, gets injured a lot though. It's a difficult one, Harry. I'd prefer Brandt. Of course, Julian Brandt, another uh, creative midfield player that Arsenal are being heavily linked with at the moment. So Callum Ferguson would prefer Brandt, um, to, uh, to bringing in, um, isco at this point in time uh, just going back to my comment on the subscribers uh, guns and yellow ribbon says i'll send you out 372 if you lend me a thousand of yours anytime mate if that was doable i'd do it um but thank you so much uh let's see what else uh, you guys are saying on the isco situation manas says my problem is getting a player for half a season is i don't think the player has anything to prove by the way are you not going to do a group thing with Grizz, Ben and others. If you're talking about on this channel, um, we're planning to do some some bits, some more bits with guests uh, in the next few weeks. As I said, uh, got plenty more time now um, and plenty more focus on this channel. So uh, hoping to get you some of that stuff in the in the coming weeks and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. They're all great guys. Uh, Matt says, I don't think Isco is the answer. He's not massively better than Ozil. Why bring in another player on high wages when we could just bring Ozil back? I think your logic, Matt, makes absolute perfect sense. The problem is that the the Ozil ship has very much sailed, hasn't it? The relationship has been so damaged, it is broken, and I can't see how that gets um, how that situation gets resolved and how it gets fixed. So. I don't think it's as easy as just saying that we should use Ozil instead. Whilst I agree with the logic, and I do, it just feels like that relationship is completely broken, and there's no way of that um, of that sort of being resolved. Anton says we're gonna mis- we're gonna make a mistake if we sign Isco. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Tejas says if Edu and company mess up this January window, they should be fired. Stakes are high now. We need Champions League football. We are Arsenal Football Club. Uh, Carrie says, if he comes in, is there a role for Emil Smith-Rowe or Sabayos? I think Sabayos uh, is not an attacking midfield player. Never has been throughout his career. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of sold that illusion when we brought him in. Um, that was never the case when it comes to, to Danny Sabayos. I think Emil Smith Rowe is clearly a number 10 and someone who could do a very good job for us in that position, as he has done in the last couple of fixtures. But is he ready to play that role week in, week out now and, and, and shoulder all the responsibility creatively that comes with that? I would argue that at this point, it's still a little bit early to put that on him. So if Isco could come in and share that burden with Emil Smith Rowe, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Uh, Carlo says, we tried. Now, Smith Rowe, why don't we just give young- the youngsters a chance and see how they can grow? Uh, look, I think Mikel Arteta would understandably be a little bit reluctant to focus solely on um, on sort of the young talent at the moment. He keeps getting asked about it in every interview, every press conference. And his response pretty much every time has been, it's great having the youngsters. It's great having the youth but you need the senior players to complement them, to guide them. And I completely agree with that view from Mikel Arteta. And I think he is worried about placing too much responsibility on such young shoulders. And I think that's why he's looking for that blend. And that's why um, if you're going to believe the reports, he has indicated to the club that he wants to see Isco brought in uh, maybe to, to, to share some of that burden, share some of that responsibility. Big hello to Cosmas in Cyprus. Welcome to the program. He says, Isco is the creative player we have been missing all seasons. I'm assuming he'd be pleased with the acquisition of Isco if Arsenal were able to do that deal. Uh, Savagefly2000 joins us on Twitch. Yes, we are live on Twitch now as well. So if you are a Twitch user, if you prefer... Uh, to join us on Twitch you can do so now Um, I'm trying to remember what the Twitch username is whoops Um, what is it what is it was it what is it Chronicles AFC all one word all lowercase you can find us on Twitch come and join us over there if you prefer it I know a lot of you enjoy it streaming via Twitch so Feel free. We are on Twitch. I probably should have announced that when we set it up a few days ago, but it slipped my mind. Uh, Anton says, have you seen Real Madrid's midfield? Average 34 years and the first three months, they were awful. And Isco still wasn't able to show his ability. Ozil 2.0. So clearly another one, not overly impressed with Isco and what he's done for Real Madrid this season. Graham says, We've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Emile Smith-Rowe, Sabayos and Willick. It would send me sideways if Isco is playing and Smith-Rowe is on the bench. Let's stop signing those on the way down. Yeah, I, look, I think that the, the priority would be Emile Smith-Rowe. And I think there would be very much a view from the club and from Mikel Arteta that Smith-Rowe is the way forward in the longer term. Eventually, he's the man that you want to stick with. But I just feel like at this stage in his career, it's a little bit too much pressure to put on him. And maybe that's why uh, they are considering making a move for somebody else. Adam Garner says get someone in on loan with the rest of the season, for the rest of the season with a potential buyout clause and then invest in the summer properly. Matthew Simpson says would prefer Buendia. Premier League experience and proven he can create even for a struggling Norwich, can play on the wing and as a 10, so he can create on the wing with three at the back or as a 10 with four at the back. Matthew, I'm gonna respectfully disagree with this one. I don't think Emi Buendia, who's had, what, one season in the Premier League, maybe two at maximum, um, who didn't set the world on fire. You know, he's having a good season in the championship now, granted, but it is the championship. It's nowhere near the level of the Premier League. I don't see how you can compare him with someone who's won four Champions Leagues like Isco has. And we're not talking about someone who's just been on the peripheries of Real Madrid and just kind of been stealing a bit of a living. Isco's made over 300 appearances for Los Blancos, the biggest football club in the world, in my opinion, where the pressure is like it is nowhere else. So I I can't put Isco and Buendia in the same category. I just can't do it at this moment in time um i i really can't alexander ross who i'm assuming judging by his profile picture is a real madrid fan um says isco's only 28 and has four champions league medals says arsenal need that winning mentality in the squad uh he also goes on to say isco can be arsenal's james rodriguez you could probably get him for 20 million and that is a steal for a player in his prime uh pancetta doesn't want to see ozil given a chance Uh, to fulfil that role for Arsenal. He says, what Ozil did is unforgivable. No way back. Get rid. Um, Matt goes on to say, my issue is both Arteta and Edu said that their January transfer plans were set. Getting in Isco doesn't seem part of the plan. In fact, it seems rather reactionary. I think they've said that. Um, I think they've said that, uh, mate, but what I would say is they're doing that so that they don't look desperate to the selling clubs. They want to see um, that they want to seem as though they are all set. Um, you know, they want to seem as though one second. Sorry, here we go. Yeah, sorry. Just making sure that the link's working at the other end. Um, yeah, they, they want to seem as though they've they've got everything all in hand and not as though when they then go to someone with a bid that they're looking desperate um so yeah i I think that that's what it is uh let's see what else Uh, a couple of you talking about the sort of the idea of um uh, of the the league being postponed we'll come on to talk about that in a little bit uh because that is uh something that is on today's agenda we're going to be discussing whether the premier league should uh be put into a short break uh we're also going to be discussing the Karen Carney stuff as well uh which has caused quite a stir uh in the last 24 hours or so um Julien Laurent apparently has reported that there is another club interested in Sabitza says that he thinks Arsenal are keen as well. And he thinks there's a few clubs interested. So Marcel Sabitza could be another option in that attacking midfield position. I did see this story just before we went live, but um, I think it's probably one we'll touch on in tomorrow's podcast in a little bit more detail. Give me some time to to do some homework on uh, Marcel Sabitza and uh, yeah, we'll, um, We'll come on to discuss that in the next 24 hours, I'm sure. Um, Let's move on. Let's have a look at some of the rest of your uh, comments. Uh, Nana, when talking, everybody's talking about uh, the winning mentality um, that somebody like Isco would bring to the club. Nana says, we said that winning mentality about Willian and look what that has brought us. Uh, Craig Barlow, Isco is finished, in my opinion. He had so much potential as a youth player, same as Sabahos would prefer Brandt um so a lot of people um leaning towards uh julian Brandt of the two there those are the two that have been of course uh, most heavily linked with arsenal uh, in the uh, last few days in terms of that creative midfield position right don't forget to smash that like button if you haven't already just checking in on how many of you are uh are with us and how many of you have liked the video at the moment there's over a hundred of you watching across the multiple platforms at the moment but it's only 27 likes so guys if you haven't already please please do smash that like button subscribe to the video as well uh we know that around about 44 percent of you that are watching these videos on a daily basis i'm assuming it's those that come back later on and watch them on replay only 44 percent of you are Uh, Sorry, 44% of you are not subscribed to the channel. So let's get those subscriptions up. It would really help. And we're approaching 11,000 on YouTube very quickly. Um, So let's uh, let's try and get over that line sooner rather than later. Let's try and do it within the next couple of weeks. That'd be amazing. Um, So, yeah, please, uh, if you haven't already subscribed, like the video. Let's move on to the situation involving Karen Carney. Now, this has caused quite the stir. Um, in the last 24 hours or so let me give you a quick overview of what actually happened um, in case you're not aware because I know um, that there's been a lot of debate about this and maybe there's been a bit of confusion as to what exactly happened Um, and and I'll share my screen with you guys so you can see uh, what exactly has gone on now and and this all came off of the back of Karen Carney being on Prime Sport, discussing the Leeds game. um, And and what she basically said was that in her opinion, and it's a completely valid opinion, I think, but we'll come on to discuss why in a a second. Karen Carney suggested that had COVID not hit last season, Leeds United wouldn't have been promoted to the Premier League, suggesting that Marcelo Bielsa's side may have burnt out like they did the season before, you could argue, had covid nineteen not hit and given them that break in the middle of the campaign it 's that you might not agree with that opinion but it 's a I think it's a it 's a valid opinion and i 'll come on to talk about why uh, but leads the club the club 's official Twitter account they got a video of Karen Carney saying that, and they put promoted because of covid won the league by ten points higher prime video sport so what they 've done essentially is opened the floodgates. Uh, for abuse uh, to Karen Carney. Now, um, some of you are asking who is she in, in the comments. Karen Carney is a former women's footballer and she's now a pundit um, and a co-commentator. She's done a fair few Arsenal games in the Europa League this season, um, if you've been watching them on BT Sport. But basically, off the back of this, she's received a ton of abuse from Leeds United fans and other people as well. And I just think that this situation was completely avoidable. And it just shows that the prejudice towards women in our sport hasn't actually gone away. And I don't think it is ever going to go away completely, if I'm honest. And and it's horrible to say that. Um, But every time you think that progress is being made, something like this happens and it just sets everybody back. And then you start to feel a bit like I am and wonder whether actually this will ever disappear completely. Now, Karen Carney view I don't think was that much of an outrageous one you know Leeds United have been famed for this incredible intensity with which Marcelo Bielsa demands his teams play I think it's absolutely fair to be worried about whether they could maintain that for an entire season the season before last the season where they were knocked out in the playoffs by Frank Lampard's derby Leeds ran out of steam Leeds looked at one point like they were going to march to promotion and they completely ran out of steam and the, and then last season, they had that three-month break, as did everybody else, um, you know, and, and, and Karen Carney's point is that she thinks that the three-month break probably helped Leeds in the sense that they didn't have to maintain that intensity consecutively throughout the course of the season. That break, yes, it is a hindrance in the sense that you lose a bit of match fitness and all of that, but it probably actually gave Leeds a bit of an advantage. Leeds fans don't want to hear that. Leeds fans don't want to hear any words said that suggests anything other than Marcelo Bielsa is a God. I like Marcelo Bielsa. I have got a lot of time for him. I think he's a fantastic coach. And those of you who listened to the pod um, live last night after um, the Arsenal Brighton game will have heard me praising Bielsa for the way he didn't uh, give up on his principles, for the way he went um, and, um, you know, took the game to West Bromajabi and come away with a five-nil win, and proved that football is the is the best way, um, and that Sam Allardyce's dinosaur tactics aren't, in fact, the way forward, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was heaping praise on Marcelo Bielsa, and all of a sudden, this thing has just come out. And look, do I think it was <clears throat> stupid on the part of of the Leeds Twitter account? Yes, um, because I do think that you know you. You shouldn't go after pundits. Pundits are paid to give their opinion. If you don't like the opinion, that's fine. Pundits have upset football clubs, managers, players in the past, and they'll continue to do that. That's the nature of their job. It causes divides. It causes debate. That's what they're there to do. But do I equally think that the person behind that Leeds Twitter account wanted to get Karen Carney abused online? No, I don't. I I don't. I really don't. I really don't think that. I think that that person was being tribal, as most football fans are. I think that they took issue with her opinion. They disagreed with it, which is absolutely fine. I think they probably regret putting that tweet out now. And I think in hindsight, it wasn't a smart thing to do. And um, despite sort of Andrea Radrezani, the club's majority shareholder, coming out and backing the tweet and saying that he he agreed with it and that Karen's uh, opinion was was uh, disrespectful. I I still, you know, I don't think it was right. I think it was a bad move in hindsight from Leeds United. But as I said, I do not for a second think that that person did it with the intention of getting Karen Carney um, the levels of abuse that she's received over the last 24 hours. Do I think it was irresponsible and ill-advised and probably knowing the way social media is, particularly being someone like that person who works in social media, I think they had a responsibility to think about it a little bit more before they did it. Um, but I, I, again, I think it's a bit of both here. I think there's nothing wrong with Karen Carney's opinion. She doesn't uh, deserve the abuse. I don't think there's anything wrong with Leeds taking issue with that opinion, but I think they, the way they went about it was a little bit poor. Um, and it's led to this absolute shitstorm, which is ultimately a shitstorm because. People can't take listening to a woman talk about football, and and that is sad. That in this day and age, we're at we're still at that point. But that's the harsh reality of it. That's why the reaction has been that big. Had Graham Sunes said that, had Jamie Redknapp said that, had Gary Neville said that, would we have had this this level of fallout? No, um, I don't think we would. I think the fact that there's, there's a real sexist undertone still in our game is probably. Um, the reason that this story has become as big as it has and it's why karen has received the abuse she has i think leads were wrong i think um you know that they shouldn't have done that but ultimately i think that this is all part of uh, of a bigger picture and that is that we're still um we're still experiencing this kind of sexism in our game and and this this incident just uh, and not this incident, I don't think, because I don't think it was done with sexist intentions. I got to make that clear. I, I really don't. I think he he, he would have done it. He would have gone after whoever said it. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, but I think that the fact that she's received the levels of abuse, probably more abuse um, than, than a male pundit might receive. And the fact that it's, um, you know. Yeah, I I think she's received more abuse than a male pundit would. And I think that's just a sign of the the sexist undertone that we still have in our game. So should be moved on. I think Leeds should apologise to Karen Carney. They won't, um, I don't think. And um, I think they'll continue to deny that that was their intention. And I think they're probably right in that point. And I'm sure Karen is is smart enough to understand that. But what it's done is it's highlighted, um, we've highlighted that that well this incident has highlighted that actually it's still a massive problem in our game. So that's my take on that. Let's see what some of you guys are saying on the Karen Carney incident. It's been big news over the last 24 hours or so. Um Zeus says it will take decades to go away. Agreed. Um Couldn't agree more. Manas says Alex Scott gets it all the time. Dinosaur still around, just like Sam Allardyce agreed. And, and Alex Scott is a fantastic pundit as well. Um, and 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 again, I don't think she gets the credit that she deserves because of her sex, which is which is crazy. Um, John P says her opinion is reasonable. Do not see the problem. You may disagree, but it's a fair point. Agreed. Um, Carrie says it's just one opinion. Leeds stop whining. That's a great point. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Anton Pashkilev says, was it respectful to spy on opposition teams? Leeds are playing the moral police. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's it, it just feels all a bit silly, doesn't it? And all a bit unnecessary. Sam Tonk says they won 5-0 and they're tweeting about a valid opinion, proper poor form. Yeah, that is the big thing for me. You know, Leeds United have gone away from home in the Premier League and won by five goals to nil. Yet yeah, all we're talking about is that. And that is of their own doing because it's their social media account, their club employee, who has decided to go after Karen Carney rather than focusing Uh, on the positives from that result. They should have ignored it. Um, You could disagree with it and you can highlight it on personal Twitter accounts, but I think a Premier League club have a certain responsibility and and that responsibility was failed uh, on that particular occasion. Right. Uh, that's the Karen Carney thing. Let's move on to our final topic of the day. And, and while we discuss this, if you've got any questions, uh, Arsenal related questions or football related questions in general, chuck them in the live chat and I'll pick up as many of those as I possibly can between now and the end of the broadcast. Chuck them in there now um, and I'll come on to those in just a few minutes time. But I want to discuss the idea of the Premier League having a bit of a circuit breaker. Um <clears throat> In terms of a break, because the the level of COVID cases is is increasing all over the country. We've just heard the health secretary, Man Hancock, uh, Man Hancock <laughs> Matt Hancock, um, talking about the fact that uh, certain uh, areas are going to enter into the higher tier as well, which suggests that the problem is is uh, is growing. We heard some positive news about the vaccine today as well, but this is the second Premier League game in the space of a week. And I'm talking about the game between Spurs and Fulham that has fallen victim to the virus. So now where do we go from here? Um, Is it time to call football off for two or three weeks just to give clubs a chance to get things back in order? I don't think that will be the case um, because of the finances that are involved and the revenue that these clubs would probably have to give back to the television companies. I don't think they'd want to do that. I don't think the Premier League would want to do that unless it was absolutely necessary. But given the the level of uh, cases at the moment, I'm not. I'm not dead against the idea. It would affect me. It would affect me directly. If there's no football, there's no money for me to earn, um, and and that makes it difficult when you're looking after a family, of course. So I don't want football to stop, but I uh, I don't think it would be the worst idea in the world if if a uh, short break was enforced. The Premier League have announced today, or or it was reported today, that the Premier League are not, um, uh, that the Premier League are not considering. Doing that at this stage. Um, but it just feels like it's skewing the season again, isn't it? Having some teams play and some teams don't. What is the cutoff in terms of the number of players um, that you need to have available for you to play a game? I know there was the, the figure of 14 was being banded about, but you know these are big squads and we're still seeing games being called off for three four players testing positive for covid so what what is the what is the sensible thing to do i'm not entirely sure i think that although i love watching football right now and it's the only thing keeping me sane i think that the game and the authorities have a responsibility to keep the players the staff the managers and everybody involved safe um and that's got to be the priority so um I'm in two minds about this one. I've got to be honest. Do you stop football for two weeks? If you could guarantee me that it was only going to be for two weeks, I think it would probably be the right thing to do. Um, but if it's going to be like last year where it was football's rule uh, or earlier in the year, sorry, football's going to be paused for a, few, uh, for a month or whatever. And then it was a, two months and then it was three months. I don't think that's helpful. Um, and I think that other sports have shown that they can keep people safe and do it. So Maybe football just needs to learn some lessons and maybe football um, isn't handling it in the way that they should be. And and perhaps they need to improve in that department so that we don't have these situations where we're seeing Premier League games postponed because of uh, COVID outbreaks. Tough one, isn't it? Really tough one. Uh, really, really tough one to know, um, you know, what the what the actual answer is and what the right solution is. Uh, for a situation like this, we always say that what the term unprecedented times is exactly what it is, and um, so it makes it difficult for for the authorities to get it right of course uh let 's have a quick check in on the likes uh, over one hundred and seventy of you watching us across the multiple platforms we 've only got forty eight likes on YouTube so smash that like button if you haven 't already there's one hundred and fifty of you watching on YouTube alone. so why have we not got more likes? smash that button now um, it is uh, very much appreciated. All right, let's see what some of you guys are saying. Uh, the signature says, if we have a circuit breaker, use the period to change managers. Um, Alexander Ross says, two weeks will turn into a month. Players will relax and fraternize. More due to time off is going to shut down again. Um, lots of people sort of disagreeing with the idea of a shutdown. I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm in two minds on this. I think there is a responsibility to look, over, look after those who are involved in the game day in, day out. Um, but also there are there would be so many implications to stop in the season again plus for for people's mental health here in this country the premier league has been a real saving grace for so many i know it has for me um so i you know and as i said i'm not only reliant on it for that i'm reliant on it for for my income i'm reliant on it for everything right now and if it was to stop it would just have such a negative impact it would it would really put um it would really put Us in a downer again. I've got to be honest. Uh, Tofa says, "Would you sign?" Moving on to the general questions now. I should have said that first. Uh, Cody, Tofa, sorry, says, "Would you sign Connor Cody?" Nah. Um, I think he's all right. I think he's a decent player. Um, I think he's done obviously well to kind of stick with Nuno Espirito Santo's side and, and produce to a really good level, despite them bringing in so many foreign imports over the last few seasons. But no, not quite. I'm not that big on Connor Cody. I think he's a decent player. Um, I really do. But I think Wolverhampton Wanderers is his level. And I, I don't think that a club with big aspirations should be looking at somebody like Conor Cody. You always hear that term banded about Premier League experience. I think if you're a good player, you succeed anywhere. Um, You'll adapt and you'll learn and you'll succeed anywhere. So no, um, not massive on on, on the idea of Konakodi, I've got to be honest. Uh, Manas says, let's talk about Bellerin. Why are Schooners hate him so much? PSG and Barca want him. The only reason is he is good. It's our right-hand side's deficiencies. Ah, I, I, I've always said that Hector Bellerin gets more stick than he deserves. I think at times, though, he's not been great in the last couple of seasons. And I know he's had a major injury, which he's had to recover from and fight back from. But let's let's be honest and let's be open and transparent here. You know, Bellerin has not always been great in an Arsenal shirt. And, and as a result of that, um, you know, that's why that's why some arsenal fans feel the way they do about him i i agree with your point i don't think he's that bad then he can't be that bad if barcelona and psg are considering moves for him um but he he's not perfect let's not let's not pretend that he is after a couple of good uh decent performances uh Talal says how detrimental is Kia Jurabshan to our transfer activity and the players we bring in. In my opinion, Kia Joabshan could only be as influential as the club allow him to be. And I do worry that Edu has, has, has kind of let him get his feet under the table at the Emirates Stadium. And that might be a bit of an issue for us over the next few years. Look, Kia Joabshan is a very powerful agent. If he helps you in getting some of the top players in, then great. Happy days. Um, I'm not against that. But some of the transfers will inevitably not work out. Uh, some of the transfers have weren't working out when we were using a different approach, a scouting-based approach. So I, I don't think it's ideal and I don't like the idea of Arsenal, clubs club steeped in history and tradition and class being, um, you know, being being the slave to an agent and, and being reliant on an agent. I don't like that at all. But he'll only be as influential as Arsenal let him uh, and, and that's that's very much my view on that uh let's see what else um people are saying on the subjects that we've discussed this evening Craig Barlow says Premier League is just greed always has been in the middle of a global pandemic it's madness my sister works in the elderly homes it's very scary Harry it is a horrible horrible virus it is um you know I've got it at the moment it is a horrible virus um so horrible that it takes you out for a few days. I had two or three days where I couldn't do anything, didn't have the energy to do anything. I think I'm I'm very lucky and fortunate that I'm of an age where it it isn't going to completely knock me for six, um, you know, not for a long period of time anyway. So I'm very grateful for that, but it is scary. And I can only imagine, and look, I'm not as fit as a footballer. No. Let's not, let's not pretend. Um, but for me, When I feel the kind of physical drain that it had on me, I do wonder how when a footballer gets it, they can return to action so quickly. So I do think uh, the circuit breaker idea is not the worst idea in the world. I don't want to see football halt unless it really has to. But taking what I've just said into consideration, I don't see why it would be the worst thing in the world. I've got to be honest. Uh, Richard says, honestly, it bothers me how slow we're moving in the market. Some teams already have players pretty much signed. Uh, Richard, the window's not even open yet Um, and and people need to chill out a little bit. You know, it's um, yes, we'd love to see deals done on the first day, but it doesn't always uh, work that way. And it's not always that simple. Both teams have got to be willing to do a deal. Both teams have got to be ready to come to the table. And that's not always the case at the start of the transfer window. Uh, big thank you to the signature for your super chat thank you so so much mate uh, really appreciate it and guys if you if you fancy it you can uh, donate to the channel by sending super chat questions over um, thank you to the signature for your kind donation mate it is so so appreciated it says first time on here welcome to the program um, and hopefully we'll see you in here uh, more often now it says does Murtasaka deserve more credit for the emergence of the youth. We need agents due to letting go of our super scouts like Sven. Good luck. Thank you, mate. Um, yeah. I, you know, Arsenal have changed the approach. They've gone from that scouting approach where they hired Sven Mislintat to come in and do a job. Obviously, there was a bit of a falling out, a disagreement and Sven Mislintat ended up leaving the club. Um, and now we're we're using the agent approach. Is it right? Is it the right way to go about things? Only time will tell. Um, and we'll have to judge that. I think in a couple of seasons times, uh, but as I said, I feel like Jurabshan's influence will only be as big as Edu allows it to be. And if he allows it to be too much and if he allows it to take control and that ends up being to the detriment of the club, then that is um, that is that is on Edu's head, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, but Murtasaka, I think, does deserve some credit for helping manage that transition uh, between sort of some of the... Um, the uh the the youngsters who the transition sorry between coming from some of the youth teams into the first team so yeah um delighted uh delighted with with the job he's doing at the moment for sure let's see what else you guys are saying on here um daniel ford says good video thank you so much mate really appreciate that uh alexander says do you think arsenal are gonna win the premier in the next 10 years can't see it right now I've got to be honest um let's see what else we're saying here um some of you commenting on my breathing um Billy Kilgallen I can hear you wheezing when you breathe symptom of COVID sound like an asthmatic to me I have got asthma um I've got a mild case of asthma um but it's definitely got worse with the COVID no doubt about that I've been wheezing um for about a week and a half now and I, I can't stop it so i apologize if it's coming through on the recording but yeah the covid has definitely made that a problem for me um and and um made these streams a lot harder work than they used to be i've got to say uh, <laughs> let's see what else you guys are saying uh daniel ford says happy new year harry happy new year to you mate um i hope you're all um I hope you're all well. Uh, Nana asks, what do you think about Sabitzer, Harry? I like Sabitza, Um, From what I've seen of him when he's performed in the Champions League, in particular for, for Leipzig, I've I've enjoyed his performances. I think he's a really talented player. Will Arsenal be able to get him? Um, I don't know. It's always difficult, isn't it, with, with Bundesliga players? Because if it was like, if they're that good, Bayern Munich would be first in line to snap them up. Um, and Marcel Sabitza is is someone... That Whilst I admire him, I'm not sure that Arsenal would have the resource to bring him in because he is um, somebody I'd imagine Leipzig would be asking a significant amount of money for. Uh, What else have we got here? talau asks why does arteta's assistant coach always have airpods on during games i couldn't tell you i have no idea maybe he's listening to some calming music uh maybe he's in communication with someone sitting up in the stands i don't know um honestly i don't know uh tofa says like share subscribe yes please do because see there's over 200 of you joining us right now across the multiple platforms so please uh, hit the like button if you haven't already subscribed to the channel and share the stream as well uh, let's pick up a couple more questions. Um, let's see what else you guys are asking. Kevin John, if Inter Milan is actually interested in Granit Xhaka, Arsenal may well cash in, maybe get someone like Bissouma in that midfield. The corey has changed the midfield of Everton this season. I think the core has been sensational for Everton. it's been a big, big signing for Carlo Ancelotti. There was a lot of love for Bissouma yesterday in the live chat when we were doing our post-Brighton uh, review show. I think he's a good player. I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure that a club like Arsenal is his level. And I know that sounds a bit silly and a bit snobbish when you consider where Arsenal sit in the Premier League table right now. But, you know, you've got to be aiming for bigger, I think. I think Bissouma's decent. But I, as I said on the show last night, I feel like he's too similar to Thomas Partey. And in that case, it feels like a bit of a... It feels like a bit of a... Uh, a waste um if we were to move for him um this is what i hate look i hate it when i get look, there's people who ask questions about the virus um out of genuine concern or or you know genuine interest and then you get people who just dismiss um that it is a thing and and are basically suggesting that um it isn't a thing and people are just making a big deal out of it. Look, The virus is a—it's fu- like a flu. Um, it is a lot heavier than a flu in terms of the way it hits you physically. Uh, I, there's no getting away from that. There's no denying it. The way it makes your body feel and the breathing issues that it, it can lead to, there's no way it's just a flu. And then Troy says, if it's that terrible, you wouldn't be so lucid. In fact, you wouldn't be upright. I wasn't upright for a couple of days and I recognize that I'm very lucky that it's gone Um, or the worst of it has gone and that I'm able to continue with life but it is it is a thing don't be so naive don't be so dismissive of something that affects people different people in different ways and you have no idea how it would affect someone who's 60 65 years old 70 years old you have no idea how it would affect them you have no idea what underlying health conditions they Uh, health conditions they might have that they might not even be aware of themselves and what it could do so don't be so dismissive of it um because even if it is just to protect the elderly then it's absolutely worth protecting them like they're people as well why why wouldn't you so you know i know a lot of people are anti the lockdowns and anti the vaccine and all that and that's a perfectly fine opinion to have if that's your opinion but don't keep going on at people who have had the virus or who have got the virus or who are suffering from the virus or who have seen people they love really suffer with the virus don't keep going in their faces and dismissing that it's a thing because and this is the last thing I'm going to say on this because this is not a COVID-19 show it's a football show it's an Arsenal show but if it was nothing the world's fucking economy wouldn't be in the state it is in. Everything is about money. Do you think the government would allow their country's economy to go to shit over nothing? Absolutely not. Money comes first in everything for them. So for them to have to lock things down and lose money and fork out furlough money and grants to businesses and loans at cheap rates, it means that this is a thing. So just don't be so dismissive of it because, you know, there are people who have, uh, who have seen loved ones die as a result of it maybe you'll say they had other conditions but they wouldn't have died at that point had it not been for covid so don't be so insensitive about the whole thing it, it, it drives me mad um it really does uh let's see what else uh you people are saying we'll stay away from the covid talk i appreciate i went a little bit too long on that but it, it, it winds me up it does it, it really winds me up um Tubbs from the Philippines says, Greetings from the Philippines, mate. Bayern fan here, but have a soft spot for Arsenal. That wheeze doesn't sound good. Get some rest, mate, to big up. Thank you, mate. Uh Top Techers says uh, Uzo or Agi would help with your chest, Harry. You know what? I've been drinking Zivania for those of you who know what that is, uh, over the last few days and it's helped me kill some of the symptoms at least. Uh let's see. Uh Dennis Poon says, Harry, why don't we go for Vinaldum? You know what? Vijnaldum is a, is a very good player, a player I, I admire a great deal. But Jeannie Vinaldum is a Liverpool player. I know his contract ends at the end of the season and there have been no signs just yet of um, of him extending that. It looks like he may well leave Anfield at the end of the current campaign. But I don't think he'd swap Liverpool for Arsenal. I, I really don't. Uh, Neil, Neil D'Souza says, big up, Harry. What do you think of McGinn and Buendia? Both decent players. Neither of which I'd, I'd want to see at Arsenal. Though I got to be honest, sound like a snob when I say it. But I just, I, I just don't see it. I, I really don't. Uh, they're not two players that I would jump at to try and sign right now. Um, I, I really wouldn't. Uh, let's see what else you guys are saying. Uh, going back to the um, initial uh, initial discussion, which was around the possibility of. Arsenal signing Isco Runjan says Isco is a Spanish Jamie Redknapp. <laughs> uh, some of you asking uh, questions about um, uh, the, the the treatment of Mesut Ozil. QTR says, is Arsenal treating Mesut Ozil fairly? And do you think it will be better for him to leave? Yeah, it would be better for him to leave for all parties right now, I think. Um, are they treating him fairly? I don't think so. But again, got to stress the point that we don't completely know the ins and outs of what is... Um, of what is going uh, you know of what is going on behind the scenes uh let's see what else um you guys are saying um alexander ross says you ever been to the u.s favorite vacation spots? it's not really arsenal related or football related but uh, i'll pick this one up um have i been to the u.s no i haven't never um, it's on my list. I'd love to do it when all this COVID shit calms down and we can travel again freely. Um, I'm very conscious of going to places that I've had, um, sort of in mind that I want to go to throughout my life and then going there and there being restrictions and I'm not, and me not being able to enjoy it in the way I'd hope. So, um, yeah, no, um, I haven't been. Favorite vacation spots for me is the one and only Cyprus. Can't beat it. Lovely weather, lovely food, lovely people. And, um, it's not too far away as well which is great um let's pick up one or two more questions before we lock off today's stream uh buckles etv says are you in or are out i'm in at the moment um but that obviously is dependent on results because that's all i'm interested in as an arsenal fan i'm interested in arsenal's results um that is what i uh, that is what i want to I want to see, I want to see Arsenal pick up positive results and off the back of two back to back wins. You can't, um, you can't be like that. You could, you can't, I just don't think it's it's healthy if you, you know, unless you've got genuine reasons and, and you sit um, and, you know, you, you analyze that little bit more deeply and still come to the conclusion you want him out. I think you've got to be fair right now and, and, and give him the opportunity to do Um, what it is he is doing. Give him a chance to get things right. Um, Let's see what else you guys are saying in terms of your questions. Just going to pick up one more. Uh, This one comes from Gosmaz. When Gabriel is available, who does he replace in the Holding-Marie partnership at the centre of our defence? Interesting, interesting question. I think the fact that Mikel has made it such a point, over the last year or so, that he wants a left-footed and a right-footed centre-back, i.e. he wants that balance. I think that the natural thing would be for him to come in and replace Pablo Marie. I really do. If you play with a back three, it's a little bit different. You could probably have two left-footed centre-backs in the side. I don't see it as that big a deal. I actually think that there have been very, very many successful sides who played, for example, with two right-footed centre-backs, and it wasn't really an issue. But it's clearly an issue in the eyes of Mikel Arteta um, because he's made that point time and time again since taking over the job. And on that basis and that basis alone, it's no reflection of Pablo Marie's performances. I think he's done pretty well. Um, I think he would have to be the one that drops out just because he's left-footed and Gabriel is left-footed. And that would allow Mikel to maintain that balance that he wants uh, in terms of having a left and right footer. So, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on that one, right? Big thank you to every single one of you in the live chat for joining me. Don't forget, like the video, listen to the uh, podcast. If you prefer that format, leave us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever it is that you are listening from. Um, you know the drill by now. Don't forget to leave your thoughts on the topics discussed in the live comments if you're watching us back on the replay. We're going to be back very, very soon uh, with more Arsenal-related content. Another couple of streams coming your way tomorrow. Stay tuned, turn the notifications on so you don't miss a thing. We'll be back very soon. Until then, take care. Cheers.